Good morning. Today is Thursday, May 12th, 2022. Last week's Torah portion showed us the mitzvah of Kedoshim Tiyu. Every one of us should be holy. What does it mean to be holy? Well, the Torah in last week's portion went to great lengths to give us a large number of mitzvos that describe what it means to be holy. We learned in last week's parsha to revere your mother and father, to observe God's Shabbos, not to steal, not to deal falsely, not to curse the death, not to place a stumbling block before the blind, don't hate your fellow in your heart, and the the Parsha went on with other mitzvos that relate to really every area of daily life. And that's what it means to be holy. So on the one hand, you have mitzvos like Shabbos, observing the Shabbat. On the other hand, you have mitzvos like honoring and revering parents. And both of those categories of commandments lead a person to holiness. So while on one hand, what makes a person holy is not some kind of otherworldly, ethereal, um, esoteric things, but rather it's really the simplest foundations of everyday life. That's last week's Torah portion. In this week's Parsha, the Parsha of Emor, we read, God has a specific commandment to the Kohanim, to the priests, Kedoshim yiyu lelokechem. You should be holy to your God. What does it mean for the Kohanim to be holy? There's obviously some, because the mitzvah was already said to everybody. So what is the special mitzvah involved with a Kohen being holy? Well, our Torah portion, this week's parish of Emar, describes that. And it begins as follows. The Torah says, Hashem says to Moshe, tell the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, as follows, don't allow yourselves to come into contact with the dead body. That would make you ritually impure, Tameh, but I want you to stay pure. I want you to stay um, without coming into contact with a dead body. Ki im, except, except if, God forbid, someone in your immediate family, God forbid, passes away, then you should attend to the burial. You should attend the funeral. You should go to the cemetery. Things that you would not do for anyone else because you are a Kohen, but for an immediate relative for whom you will be sitting shiva, God forbid, you should set aside that rule and you should go to the, to, to the cemetery, to the funeral. Kedoshim You should be holy to Hashem, your God. And you will not uh, uh, desecrate Hashem's name. So Hashem is telling the Kohanim that they have a special role to be holy, not to come into contact with the dead body, except for an immediate family member.
Rav Yud Amital says that this passage is teaching every one of us a very, very important lesson. This is what the Torah is trying to tell us in our Parsha. Kohanim must defile themselves for the sake of burying their close relatives. The law could have been that Kohanim, the holy people of the nation who are dedicated exclusively to divine service, are beyond all the regular emotions associated with mourning and therefore are not required to defile themselves. Instead, the Torah insists that even they, especially they, must be defiled for this purpose. The Torah teaches us that sanctity specifically means connection with reality and proper behavior within its boundaries, paying attention to normal human emotions. Thus, even the Kohanim, holy people, must not ignore their healthy, natural emotions. They are required to defile themselves for relatives who have died. This is a fundamental principle in Rav Yudha Amital's approach to life, in his teaching, in his writing, in his personal behavior throughout his life, serving God with a sense of humanity, which he refers to as enoshiot, from the word enosh, which means person, enoshiate, a sense of humanity. And Rav Amital, in one of his works, points out four dimensions to what he means by this concept of enoshiot, to serve God with our humanity. Number one, the worship of God in whatever form cannot wipe out simple human feeling. The reason for the mitzvah in our parsha. A, a Kohen should not ignore the emotional feeling that he has and the connection he has to an immediate family member. Although he is prohibited from attending the funeral or going to the cemetery for any other purpose, but something where it is an understandable, basic human response, a Kohen should respond to that and go to the funeral and engage in the burial. Number two, enoshiot entails the recognition of fundamental human traits, human weakness, and frailty, and to recognize that this applies to every single one of us. Even those people that we revere, great figures in our society, in our history, the great heroes and heroines of the Torah, There has been a tendency, he writes, in recent years to idealize great rabbis. I, I don't see that. But in some communities, it's true. To the point of total disregard of their human feelings and weaknesses. The Torah presents the opposite approach. Every person has a human side, which must not be denied. Even the prophets have doubts and difficulties. The Torah recognizes that man lives in this world and has no expectation that he behave as if he were living in an ideal and unreal universe. And this does happen today in certain segments of the Jewish world where there's just this complete recognition of, of a so-called leader or a so-called tzaddik as pure and perfect and never had any human emotions. Rav Amital argues that's not the right approach. If you remember a number of months ago, when we started studying the book of Beratius in the fall, we talked about two different paths in how to be able to interpret and understand the actions of our patriarchs and our matriarchs. 
And there is one approach that says whatever happens, you have to idealize it. You have to rationalize it. You have to find some way that it's right what they did. But we talked about the other approach, which is what Rav Amital is associating with in this concept of enoshiote. They're human beings. And therefore, they're subject to frailties and faults and, and mistakes upon occasion. They're certainly much greater than us, but that doesn't mean that we overlook or rationalize everything. Number three, a further dimension is to accept the inevitability of prosaic motivations in our ethical and religious lives. We cannot assume that in our service of God, we're going to always be pure and holy. We have to recognize that we are human beings and we have to accept the fact that we are going to make mistakes. We are going to fail short of our expectations and, and God's expectations. We have to keep trying to get better. Yes, of course. But we have to accept the inevitability that we're never, while we reach for that, we're never going to come to that level. He specifically discusses this in terms of prayer. You know, okay, I'm not going to talk about you, but I'll talk about myself. It's hard to pray. It's hard to pray with concentration and meaning and, and the awareness that I'm speaking directly to God. It's hard to focus. And I'll confess there are times that, a lot of times, more than I'd like to admit, when I'm daydreaming or I'm uh, thinking about something else or I'm preoccupied. It's not right. I'm not proud of it. I have to keep working to be better, but 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 I am a human being and that's what it's like. Rav Amital writes, number one, first of all, there's a value of rote prayer. Even if I'm praying and I'm daydreaming, daydreaming, I'm not thinking about the words. There's still a value. Yes, it's not ideal, but it's still prayer. And then he used to tell the following story, which is so important. You know, just as an introduction. So um, in certain areas of the Jewish world, there's something called the segula. A segula is you do a certain action and kind of magically it's going to help you achieve a certain goal. And the truth is it's a little bit of a controversial subject. Um, in many areas of the Jewish world, it's like a superstition and it's looked down upon as not really being in in, in line with Torah values, but there are Jewish communities that are more into these segulos. A few weeks ago, you may remember, a lot of people have this segula on a certain Friday. They bake a, a challah in the shape of a key, and they think that's going to make them uh, be wealthy or whatever it is. I, I, again, I, it's not it's not my thing, and but that's a segula, and there are all kinds of segulos for different things. Now, that's just the background. The students of the Baal Shem Tov, the great originator of Hasidus, they came to him and they asked the Baal Shem Tov, how could they tell whether a certain person was a tzaddik, a righteous person, or just a charlatan posing, disguised as a tzaddik? So the Baal Shem Tov said to his students, here's what you do. Ask him, do you have a segula that will enable you to pray without any foreign thoughts intruding on your prayers. If he says yes, then he's a charlatan. Because there's no such thing. Because a person's a human being. 
and a person is going to get distracted and a person is going to daydream. And, and if a person thinks that they have a way that they're going to be perfect in the davening, the Baal Shem Tov says, that's a sign that he's a charlatan. Rav Amital had a different approach when it comes to prayer. Rav Amital used to say that when a person has foreign thoughts, they're distracted, they're daydreaming, they're thinking about something else, they're worrying about something else. Rav Amital suggested that we should incorporate that into our prayers. If I'm davening Shmon Esrei, in the middle of my Shmon Esrei, I find that I'm concerned about, uh, let's say, a medical test someone I, I know is, is undergoing. Not Instead of just being distracted from my prayer, add that into my prayer. I want to ask Hashem for help that this person should be okay. If I'm in the middle of davening, I'm worried about a certain financial issue and it, it, and it, it causes me to lose uh, concentration on the prayers. I should bring it into my prayers. I should pray that Hashem should help with that. Bring it into the prayers. That's another part of a noshiot, to recognize that whatever it is that we're thinking about, we can utilize that to serve God. Don't banish the foreign thought from your mind. Keep it with you and turn that thought into a prayer. That is enoshiot. And lastly, we find this concept of enoshiot expressed in a prayer that we say on Yom Kippur, just before Unasana Tokef. And the words start like this, Asher omen omets. Though your awe is upon the faithful angels who are mightily powerful, who are intermingled with ice, who are unique in their fieriness, your awe, your reverence, your fear is upon them. The angels know God and they fear God. They revere God. Yet, yet you, God, desire praise from us, from pieces of earth who dwell low down in the valley, whose accomplishments are meager, whose works are poor. But that's who you want the praise from. Though your awe is in the lofty heavens that you measured out in the well-ordered celestial realm, yet you desire praise from those stained by sin, whose stain is embedded, who are ensnarled in a trap. Though your dread is upon those who open their mouths and say, holy, the angels say, holy, 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 and they praise God and they burst forth with blessed and they're covered with wings, yet you desire praise, God, from those who are called nothings, who call to you with duplicity, who are far from the truth, who are devoid of righteousness. Ravamital used to quote the famous comment of the Kutzka Rebbe. The Kutzka Rebbe attributes to God the words, I don't need you human beings to be angels. I've got plenty of angels. I need human beings who will try to be holy people. You'll never be as holy as the angels, but I don't need angels. I need human beings who are trying to be holy, who are striving to be holy. And that, according to Ravamital, is what it means to be holy. As a human being, in our mundane lives, with our normal human feelings, and from there to strive towards God. I'll end with this story. Rav Amitai used to tell this story 
about a great Hasidic Rebbe, Rab Moshe of Kubrin. And he once arrived on a Friday afternoon at the town of Rabbi Yisrael Apta, the great Apta Rav, a, a, a very important Hasidic figure, a very holy, holy man. And he came to see how Rabbi Yisrael would prepare to greet the Holy Shabbos. And he came into the shul and he saw that the Apta Rav, Rabbi Yisrael, was wrapped in a talus and he was reading from Shir Hashirim, the, the Song of Songs, and he was completely immersed in spirituality and, and holiness. And Rav Moshe, who came to visit him, was ecstatic to see this sight of the great holiness of Rav Yisrael, the way that he prepared for Shabbos. And he's amazed and he's inspired. This is how to prepare for Shabbos. And all of a sudden, the door opens and a, an unpleasant smell comes in. And a man comes in, rushes in. He's a farmer. And he says, Rebbe, to Rav Yisrael, who's sitting there preparing for Shabbos, Rebbe, my cow, my cow. What's wrong? My cow is about to give birth and the, and the calf is not coming out. And, and I'm worried what's going to happen. I, I'm worried about my cow. So Rav Yisrael spoke to this gentleman. He calmed him down. He said, here's what you do. Here's the name of a veterinarian. Go to him. Take this procedure. Do this. It's going to be okay. The man left. Rav Moshe, who's watching this, is amazed, but disappointed. So he says to Rav Yisrael, I was so inspired when I came in and I see you're preparing for Shabbos in complete holiness and spirituality, reading from Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs, our rabbis tell us that if all the books of the Bible are, are holy, Shir Hashirim is Kodesh HaKadoshim, the holiest of the holy. How could you interrupt that to answer a man about his cow? How could you, how could you shift from that kind of holiness and, and deal with a calf that's not coming out? It's, it's so... It, it, it's, it, it, it's so contradictory. Rabbi Yisrael said to him, my friend, you weren't listening well. You, you heard this Jew say, my cow, my cow, but that's not what he was saying. He was really saying, Rebbe, I'm nothing. Draw me closer to God. But he was asking from his everyday needs. He was asking from what is happening in his life. But that's the holiest of the holy. That's holiness for Amital. To find the holiness even in the simplest words and the simplest actions in each person's humanity. Because that is what God needs from us. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.